Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. Hey, good morning, church. How are you going? Doing well? Hope so. You enjoying this series so far? Mine wants us all the practical advice, hopefully, uh, and hearing what God's got to say in this area, because it is a battle, I'd say the biggest battle that every single one of us will fight through our lives, yeah? Uh, it's intense. It seems relentless at times. The times that it's silent and everything seems to be tracking along good has that little eerie feeling, kind of like when the kids are quiet on the other side of the house, yeah? They've gone quiet and you're like, oh, isn't that nice and quiet? But also, what the heck is going on? Like, and left unchecked, you know that there's, there might be a mess kind of coming. Uh, and not only that, on top of that, as believers, we know that we have an enemy who doesn't play fair. It sometimes feels like the battle we have in our mind is going, this isn't fair, why everything's going right? Why do I think this way? Why do I feel this way? Why is this going on? Why is it not fair? Well, we have an enemy that doesn't play fair either. And so as believers, we can't uh, be kind of nonchalant in this area and just hope that we drift into health and that we drift into all the things that God has for us to be. But it's vital that we are persistent in pursuing the defeat of our mind monsters, that we continue to push forward Uh, in that area, because here's the truth for you this morning, church. Whatever gets your mind, gets you. Whatever you give your mind to, well, it will get you. We know people who are obsessed with certain things and sport and teams and stuff like that. You know what has their mind. It has got them. You might remember some of you way back, because I'm not so far back, you know, when you were dating, and then there's just, they they had your mind. They essentially had you. you. You were useless at work, weren't you? As you just stay there going, uh. this is what Beck was like. When it still is, really, just not even listening now. She's just going, man, he's handsome. Um, but whatever gets your mind gets you. And so, as believers, we want to be sure of what has our mind. That these monsters aren't the thing controlling us. Our fears, our anxieties, our insecurities, uh, all, all the things, our fences, these things that kind of trap us and keep, it, keep things against others and keep things against ourselves. That that is not what we've given our mind to or allowed it to keep our mind, but we are in the business of defeating it. Because for Christians, even, this is a battle we all have, but for us, we can have everything right in our heart and still be wrong in our mind. And we cannot settle for the idea that I can have heaven in my heart, but it is like hell in my head. That is not where we are just, oh, that's okay. As long as I've got Jesus in my heart, anything else, and yes, anything can come against us. That's fine. We're going to go through the battles. We're going to go through this. But we cannot just accept going, well, it's allowed to stay hell in my life. As long as I've got Jesus in my heart. No, He wants us to be fully redeemed, fully experiencing alive in all that He has for us. The victory that He claimed for us was the victory for us to live in, not just like wishful think about. And we need to know that as long as my Lord is King of all kings, as long as He is my healer, my redeemer, my saviour, the one who brings, brings freedom in every part of my life, I am not putting up with the hell in my head. Come on, church, you with me? Come on, Jesus able, is he your redeemer still, church? 
He's still your healer, still the one who just one touch, things can change, and the one that walks through the fire with us. This is who we're talking about, not the one that goes, well, you know, some things you just have to deal with, mate. Tough. No, he's the one that goes, come on, let's, let's keep moving forward into the things that he has for us. I am convinced that he did not overcome death, sin, and the grave for us to continue to live under submission of it. Yeah. I'm convinced. Yeah. You know, Jesus, you paid for it all, and then we still put up with paying it again. We wouldn't do it at a restaurant. We wouldn't do it anywhere else, but some things we just look in the, what Jesus has paid the price for. We're willing to continue to pay ourselves. But we need to come back and go, no, this might not be a victory I'm walking in right now, but it is a victory I'm walking towards. I am pursuing the things that Jesus has set before me. And so this is an experience we will all have, but as believers, we approach it very differently. And Paul talks about this in in 2 Corinthians, about the idea of having these wrong beliefs and these mind mosses, things that are going on in our head and what we should do to strengthen this area of our life as we're battling He says this, uh, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they, which are our weapons, which means we have them, uh, have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now let's stop there for a second because we all have these. We all have these things that are holding on and won't easily budge. In the physical sense, strongholds are these big defensive uh, structures, big thick walls, hard to penetrate, hard to destroy. Uh, used in battle and kingdoms and different things. And, and in our minds, they're the same thing. These strongholds are these kind of defensive structures that are hard to penetrate, hard to destroy. They're in there, they're ingrained in us. And we like a lot of them, uh, some we don't, but they're, they're just tough to kind of get through and, and to, to overcome in the battle of our minds. We buy, into, we buy into so many lies and they become the way we think. They become our insecurities. We buy into these lies and we believe them over time. And we know that a lie believed as a truth, well, it will affect you as a truth. And we have these things. All of us have them. It becomes a pattern, a pathway, a fortified opinion that we need to identify and be able to go, well, this is something difficult to destroy, but it cannot remain. See, maybe for some of us, it's emotional strongholds. The way we feel, we let our feelings kind of lead us and we all know it well most of us do anyway you've experienced your feelings are jerks often the time often aren't they they lead you down this path they beat you up and then when you've beaten yourself up you feel bad for beating yourself up and the feelings are just like why am i they are bad leaders they are not bad to listen to for instruction every now and then that they lead us badly yeah so maybe emotional strongholds are the the need for approval the affirmation gives us value and it's something we long for our general other insecurities that we have, that we have bought into this lie of who we are, therefore I'm not enough in that setting, not good enough to do that, not competent here, they think that about me here, I can't get away with wearing that there, or whatever it might be. We buy into these lies and we believe them as a truth and become insecure. It's our idols that we all have, our addictions that most of us have some form of. Or a bigger one is the worldviews that we all have form strongholds. We all have a worldview. We all think that ours is right. <laughs> Which is often, for me, that's a clear sign of he's a stronghold. Because if it's a worldview that puts itself up and opposes the knowledge of God, what God is saying about us, we, it must fall. 
Look at all these isms, materialism. These are different worlds, but hedonism, secularism, relativism, communism, atheism, all the isms. I just wrote the ones I, I don't like because I've got plenty that I do like that I don't want him to destroy. <laughs> but we're filled with these isms, aren't we? The way we look at the world, ourselves, how things should work. And this is, we just go, well, this is right. But if it's putting itself up against the truth of God, about the fact of what he has said about you, about the world, about himself, about how we are to live and the victory we are to walk in, if your ism, your worldview is putting itself in, in opposition to that, guess what idol needs to go? It needs to be surrendered. It's a stronghold, well, that has got us imprisoned in it. We're not living in the freedom that God has for us in those areas. We must tear them down. Anyway, Paul continues, says, we demolished these arguments and pretensions. This is where we get the word pretend. And notice it doesn't just say we put up with. It says we demolish. We demolish these things that have set itself up against the knowledge of God, which church means that there is a truth about God and there is a truth that God has that you don't have yet. These isms are putting themselves up against something that you have not bought in, you are holding onto a lie and not the truth. All of us are. And we need it. This is, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now this is not passive language, is it? This is MA plus not a date night kind of movie language. This is violence, this is fights, weapons, war, battles, stick it, blood and guts, decapitate, demolish, strongholds. Like, it's the kind of movie that I would not tell anyone I saw, but I'd see, yeah? This is not passive Christianity. This is not passive kind of kingdom advice. This is God through, through his church here saying, hey, there is a battle going on and here is the kind of glimpse into it. That there are strongholds in your life and in your mind that need demolishing. There are things that you're bought into and a lot of them that we, we've glorified and idolized and said, this is a worldview that need to be torn down to be demolished, to be penetrated and bring in the word of God, the truth that brings the freedom and brings the victory and ultimately, which all of us would be craving for is some peace of mind. That we need to make sure that we are not passive, but we are walking in and closer to victory, intentionally engaging in it. Look at the last line there. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This, this is like not letting our thoughts just run rampant, run wild, hey, but taking them captive. But how do we do that? See, I've found in my life, for me, my mind don't mind very much. In fact, it's more than happy to go wherever it wants, wherever it pleases. Anyone else? You kind of just, whoo. You go, I know, I know that I should think this way and say that and do that and do this, but often I just, whoa, out I go over here. And I don't mind. My mind don't mind. In fact, it's quite happy over there. To bring it back is often a pain. When I'm thinking or feeling the wrong way, off I go. You know what? Everything else is wrong. Everyone else is wrong. If you say I'm thinking wrong, well, you're obviously wrong. My mind don't mind. It's, in fact, it's enjoying what it's thinking. It came up with it. It likes it. And more than that, quite often I'm consciously rebelling against the very things that I know God has said. Now, I know I'm not allowed to say that as a pastor. It degrades me, you know? get a paid decline now <clears throat> but all of us do this hey yeah. anyone else drifted a thought or two outside the kind of flags that God has given us as a hey here is the truth and you're like yeah I know that's what you've said God but I saw this YouTube video 
And man, it was convincing. You should watch it. Yeah? It's really good. It talked about this kind of politic thing and this world. And did you know about this? And did you hear about that? And Lord saw this. And people, like, we, we're just buying into these things. And our minds go all over the place. And what we try to do is figure out how I can make God into the image of that thought. How I can, I can look into the gospel. I can make Jesus fit most political views. Because I can, we can, and we're all experts at this, we can make Jesus in our image really easily. Our goal is for us to become in his image. And our minds, our thoughts to be like his thoughts. And our ways to become like his ways. So it's difficult when our minds don't often mind. I like that Paul struggled with this because it makes him a little bit closer to where I feel. In Romans 7 he goes, I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep doing. <laughs> ah, wretched man am I. I love, I love reading it, you read through the chapter and you can nearly feel the amount of pencils he broke writing that. I just, I, I, I know I should do that, but I do that instead and I know I shouldn't do that, but I, I, I do that instead. Ah, and just in that deep Hebrew kind of, like just a frustration coming out in him and I go, I feel that. I know that I should think this way. I know when I look at myself and when I consider myself, I should, should think a certain way. And yet there's another thought that I go, yeah, but God doesn't know this about me, does he? And all like, he has to say that. It's kind of like mama has to compliment you. Like, oh, you're doing such a good job. He's like, yeah, well, you have to say that. It's like Jesus, he has to love you, right? Oh, you're so pretty. Like, yes. But do I believe it? No, when I look at other things going on around us, it's easy to buy into a worldview about whatever it might be, and I know you just, I want to think that way, and I know that's the truth, and yet my thoughts are taking me in that direction, and our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So I want to give a few simple principles relating to our mind monsters, how we can do these things better, take our thoughts captive, and win the fight, the battle, the swords. Uh, They're pretty simple kind of things, but I think that they will help us defeat over time these mind monsters, and ultimately, which is the goal of the Christian, become more and more Christ-like. Is that cool? It's going to happen anyway, right? So, all right. The first one is that we don't believe everything we think. Just don't, we can't. We can't believe everything that we think. We've all had these conversations with people that we walked away from and gone, geez, they're dumb. What's the dumbest thing I've ever heard? No? Just me? Maybe you've said it more gently. <laughs> or maybe harsher. I just, I can't believe they think that way. That was weird. Just recall reading or talking at any point about politics. And you have walked away from a conversation going, I can't believe they think that. You look at anything on social media, your favourite one is, you, you look at anyone they're proposing to pick for the New South Wales Blue team at the moment. It's just a dumb thought, why would you pick them? They're all going to lose anyway. Yeah, pick them, whatever. That's a dumb thought. But we've all had these thoughts. Like, we've walked away from these kinds of conversations. You have them with kids all the time. I've had big, over-the-top arguments with my children over things like, can Batman fly? I got way invested into it, and it says a lot about me and not so much. Like, Beck was like, why are you fighting with the four-year-old over this? I'm like, because it matters. <laughs> does it? Yes, it does. The truth matters. Again, it's reflect, it's reflect, today's reflecting badly on me, guys, but just hang on, there's more Bible coming. <laughs> <laughs> I 
but we do it ourselves. We've all been exposed as the person who believed something that was wrong. And for a long time, we've all had the moment of, oh, I thought, oh, mm, wow, I've been believing something wrong. I was convinced that it was true. We've all had the moments on different degrees. And as I said, there's false ideas and false suggestions going around con constantly. We're being bombarded with them. Uh, we come to our own misguided conclusions all the time. And again, my kids are a great example of this. They, we call it uh, facts with Max because he'll just randomly and confidently just make a declaration. Did you know that the sun is three kilometers away? And you're like, no, it's not, no. And he will fight, to, I wonder where he gets it from. But <laughs> he'll just be like, facts with Max. Just he has come to his own misguided conclusions and he does on all sorts. And I go, oh, what, what a childish thing to do. But I've done it plenty of times in my own life. I've come to misguided conclusions. We all do it when it comes to God. You hear some people just make a, well, you know, this is who Jesus is. You're like, where'd you get that from? Oh no, I just, I just, this is what I feel that he would be. I'm like, that's the opposite of what he's revealed himself as. And we come to these conclusions. And on the top of that is that we do have an enemy that Jesus refers to in John 8 as the father of lies. And he fulfills his job description really well and effectively. He's not passive in this battle. He is very active, far more engaged than generally the church is in this category, each one of us, is that he's out there misguiding, misdirecting, helping us land on these lies that affect us as truths. But if we go even deeper than that, which how can you? We can, is we have all dealing with this brokenness in our lives and in our minds called sin. And it is impacting us to a degree that, well, we just don't comprehend. The Bible uses a number of different phrases to describe the conditions of our minds under the influence of sin. It's up on the screen. It's all, they've all got Bible verses you can look at if you're quick. It says this, that our minds are confused. Our minds are anxious. They're closed. They are evil. They are restless, rash. Our minds are deluded. The Bible talks about how we have a troubled mind, a depraved mind, a sinful mind, or my, my son's favorite one, a dull mind. He thought that was hilarious. Hands up if you're sitting next to someone with a dull mind. No, okay, don't, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> do it later. Um, a blinded mind that we have a corrupt mind. In Jeremiah, the conversation that he was having and on behalf of God, he said this, that a human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. The word heart there is a Hebrew word leb, which means our innermost being. It's often translated to heart, but also more often in the Bible to thinking, thought, uh, processing, our, our, our decision core, yeah? And so it says that that part of us, well, it's, it's de the most deceitful, desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? You're like, oh, geez, that's a bit harsh, but... Like, that's a bit over the top, isn't it? Well, you can't trust that thought. <laughs> it says, but I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine their secret motives. See, in Jeremiah here, we see that we can't even be trusted to tell ourselves the truth. Can't trust ourselves to believe the truth well and, or fully. And that only God can truly see our hearts and our minds and know what's really going on. That God sees us. That's why Jeremiah's his advice throughout the chapter as they're kind of lamenting and praising and giving advice is the only way to deal with the corruption, the deceit that we have within ourselves, the effect that sin has, is to fix our eyes, and his words are, on the majesty of the Lord, 
of going, look, I know that I can't trust really any of my other thoughts and what's going on. I can't see it fully and I can't see the full picture of truth. And even if I glance upon you, Lord, I can't see you in the fullness that you are really there in, but I know that if I just get a glimpse of your majesty, that that is more true and more excellent than anything else. If I could just fix my eyes on the fact that your ways are higher and your thoughts are greater and get a glimpse of what truth really is, it's more than what I can trust within myself. In Isaiah, God reveals this. He says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And for someone who can purely see our thoughts and our hearts, as we saw in Jeremiah, I think his advice is worth taking. He says, my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So church, just because you have a thought doesn't mean it's correct. Just because you have an opinion doesn't, doesn't mean it's correct. Just because you have a view, an ism, a way of seeing things doesn't make it correct. We can't trust our feelings. We can't believe that, well, everything I think and say is true, even if it's in opposition to what God has said. We don't believe, we can't believe everything we think. It will trap us. It will create these strongholds. It will well, push pause on us living in victory. The second one is once we don't believe everything we think, the second one is we need to guard our mind from the garbage. There's an old cliche, right? Garbage in, garbage out. There you go. Well, most of you didn't know it. Now you all know it. It's a cliche, okay? Garbage in, garbage out. The more garbage you take in, the more you will give out. The more garbage you let into your mind, the more your mind will give you garbage. The more nonsense in, nonsense out. Vile in, vile out. It's a pretty simple kind of thing. Proverbs 15 talks it, like, words it this way. It says, a wise man or a wise person is hungry for knowledge. Look at this. This is harsh, hey? Like convenient wording. While the fool feeds on trash. Apparently the opposite to knowledge is trash. I think we need to grab hold of that. Things that are knowledgeable in, in a godly sense. The opposite is trash. Biblically. Isn't that nice to be able to say? <clears throat> I think maybe we should print that verse and just stick it just on the frame of our TV a little bit. You know? <laughs> a wise person is hungry for knowledge, but a fool is hungry for what I'm about to watch. Maybe our screensavers, that'd be a better one on our phones, yeah? As you open it up, or maybe that's the name of the folder all of our social media is in. I'm hungry for knowledge, and then another folder called knowledge. I've got to click in my trash folder. That's convicting for me, the amount of trash that there's mild addictions in all of us for it, craving for it. See, all of us know the basic kind of impacts of nutrition, at least to some degree, don't we? Healthy food is healthy for you. Bad food is bad for you. Can we all agree there? Yeah? Yeah? I'm just assuming I'm getting nods there. You're getting worried about some silence going on. Healthy is healthy, bad is bad. We're all on the same page. The same kind of case is in our mind. Even, Even physically, naturally, food has such a big impact in the way we are, the way we think, and condition of all sorts of things going in our body. But when we're talking spiritually here, or even just mentally, the stuff that we are allowing into our lives, it can have a good effect, a non effect, or a bad effect. Similar to calories, there are good calories that are six-pack conducing. I don't consume enough. 
And empty calories that are just, they will, are they beneficial? No, they're permissible. They don't do, add any benefit. Then there are, well, there are different types of calories that are just bad for us, yeah? And we know these kinds of things. But the same with our mind, the things that we are letting in, garbage in, well, what kind of outcome are we expecting garbage to produce? The fools feed on trash. And for us, church, if you want to be healthy, if you want to be effective in your Christian walk, in your ministry, we need to fix the things that are going in and out of our minds. We need to be cautious and at least vigilant of the things that we are allowing to determine where our life goes. If our life goes in in the direction of our strongest thought, what are we allowing to determine our thoughts? What are we allowing to penetrate who we are and, and guide our life? If what gets our mind gets us, what are we allowing to grab hold of our mind more and more and more? Is it, is it healthy? Is it beneficial or is it garbage? Philippians 4, Paul says this, is, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then, that is a very important word in this structure. In other words, do the first things and then, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. You don't just jump to God's peace, it's a then. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Look at this. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable and not trash, not lies. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You know, well, how can I trust what I think is worthy of praise? We come back to like at the foundation of it. I just turn my eyes like Jeremiah said. It's the same advice. I turn my eyes on the majesty of the Lord. Going, look, there's so many other things I am buying into, but the one thing that I know is above all is you, Jesus. So I'm going to get my knowledge. I'm going to get my truth. I'm going to find what is honourable and right. I'm going to find it in my Lord. I'm not going to find it in my other things. I'm not going to find it in in my meditations. I'm not going to find it in my my kind of self-reflection. I'm going to find it first and foremost in Jesus and hear what He has to say to me about these topics. What I love about Paul's advice consistently in this area is he's not just talking about resisting, but about replacing. We all resist the bad, but he says, don't just resist it, replace it. It's not just omission of sin, it's about going and being active in the right thing. Not just resisting negative thoughts and emotions, but pursuing the truth found in Jesus. Replacing it. See, I heard a saying recently saying that if I were to pray every time that I worried, I would worry a lot less. In other words, that my prayers would start working. If I were to thank God and and be closer to Him and fix my attention on Him, all of a sudden my worries in the light of Him would start to change. And this is the idea of magnifying our Lord, isn't it? It's It's not blowing Him up and making Him bigger. It's seeing Him for the size He actually is. And in comparison, all my worries tend to be much smaller. Now let's not, we need to guard our mind of garbage. Don't, don't live on trash. The third one is that we need to walk with the Holy Spirit. Walk, live, think, dream, speak, whatever. But we need to do it with the Holy Spirit. In this battle that we have in our minds and overcoming our mind monsters, church, our strategy as Christians cannot only be to retreat when times get tough. 
It's not a bad one. When things go, you are my safe refuge, my hiding place, O Lord. But it's not our only strategy. We need to be people who are walking day in, day out with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to go from strength to strength that He is our strength in the battle, in the fire, on the mountaintops. When things are good, when I'm believing truth and when I'm believing lies, Holy Spirit, I'm filled with and moving with You. We can't do it by ourselves. I don't think any of us could be healthy or effective in our Christian walk without the Holy Spirit. And yet we sometimes leave Him for a last resort. But each day, things are going great. It's a great day to walk with the Holy Spirit. You know, things are going really bad. It's tough. Well, it's a great day to continue to walk and overcome with the Holy Spirit. You go, it's kind of a so-so, nothing beige kind of day. Well, guess what? It's a great day to be filled with and walking with the Holy Spirit in what He wants to reveal to you, how He's gonna move you from strength to strength. In fact, I believe that it's His renewing and regenerating power that is just about the most important part or important thing in our lives when it comes to fighting these mind monsters that we have. Overcoming sin, Overcoming our enemy. Titus, which is in the Bible. It's a small one though. It says this. We, for we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when God and uh, when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Saviour appeared, He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Look at that, the washing of regeneration, regenerating who we are, our minds, our being, and our renewal, all done in the Holy Spirit. See, what happens when you... Uh, go to wash your sheets after every six to nine months, yeah? You go to wash your sheets, what happens? <laughs> I said in the first one, they fall apart. But, <laughs> you know, they get slippery after a while, so you've got to wash them. What happens? <laughs> That's how you know. What happens? The water and the soap, they go onto the, hopefully the, the, the lowest level. They pick up all the dirt, all the skin cells, all the sweat, all the, all the gunk, all the things that make it nice and like a slip and slide. Yeah? They go in there, they pick it up and they remove it. It's the idea of what? Bringing it back to as close to original as possible. It's the idea of washing. When we say that, Lord, we wanna be washed by the Word or washed in Your presence, we're asking the same thing, that the Holy Spirit would come in, the Word of God would go in to the, 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 where all that dirt is, where all those lies are, where all that sin is, the gunk, the hurt, the pain, the shame. Oh, Lord, that You would come in and You'd lift it and You would just remove it. But even further than that, what we see in Titus is He's not just saying that we are to be washed, and taken back as close to original as possible. But the work of the Holy Spirit regenerates and renews. Essentially, He comes in, picks up the gunk and the junk and the sin and the pain, and is taking that out at the same time He is making us brand new. So I'm not going to let you just be dirty secondhand, clean as you can be. I'm going to clean up all the gunk and replace it with something born again, again, and born again, and again, I don't know about you, there's some days I need to get born again, 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 again. Lord, renew and regenerate again. These thoughts I'm having, the past, the patterns, I just come in and pick it up and take it all out and then make it new. Otherwise, I'll go down the same track again and again. Even though the presence and the effects of sin will still 
impact us. We know as believers, as we walk with Christ and with the power of the Holy Spirit, that over time that we are progressively being transformed into the image of Christ. This is what Paul says again in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, he says, And we all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord, coming back to fixing our eyes on the majesty of God. This is where our attention is. Everything here, if you want to overcome these mind monsters, everything you see through Scripture is about where we are putting our focus are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another degree. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. See, it's through the power of the Holy Spirit and Him alone that we move into Christ's likeness. It's nothing, no one else. There are a lot of great things around us and that we can utilize to help us, but there is only one who can transform and help us in our journey to Christ's likeness. That is only the Holy Spirit. You might think, well, I prayed, I did this, I did that, and nothing has really changed. Well, welcome to one degree of glory to another degree. I believe that the Holy Spirit, just one touch from God, everything can change. But I also see all through Scripture that He is the God of the journey, of the degree to degree, of the step by step, of the do you trust me in the mountaintops. I, I like the beam me up Scotty prayers. You know, everything is bad, everything hurts, everything sucks. Lord, beam me out of this thing. But He is also the God in the fire with us and in the valleys with us saying, hey, we are not camping out here. Although we walk through the valley of shadow of death, you're not gonna fear any evil, not because I'm beaming you out, but because I am with you as you go through it. And so right now, church, would you just stand with me as we're gonna pray? Because I believe as a church, I've said it over and over, we cannot be passive when it comes to this battle. Passivity will lead to decay. And I do not want us to to live in that decay. I know the Lord has purpose and has a life greater than any kind of apathy and a joy greater than any addiction could bring and a peace that any any affirmation could ever give us. Or any trap that the world or the enemy has for us. There's freedom for it. And I want to say it again, that Jesus did not conquer sin, death and the grave, that we would continue to live under its power but that we would be free from it in the name of Jesus, by the power for His fame, yeah? Whether step by step or by instant touch. So right now, I'd just, like us to, I just want to give us a moment for us to maybe re-engage with the battle, to ask our Lord, our, the King of all kings, that He might intervene in the battle that we're facing, fight with us and fight for us, these mind monsters that we've got going on, these lies that we've bought into, the hurt that we have carried, the pain that we are just learning to live with, that we would stand with faith this morning and say, Lord, I know just one touch and this can all change. Lord, that there'd be a washing today, that the washing would at least start today of renewing, of regenerating, of changing the patterns in my mind, that there would be breakthrough, that you can have heaven in our hearts. Lord, it's it today I want heaven in my head as well. So church, would you start praying with me? Would you ask Him the areas that you're struggling with, the thoughts that you've got going? Come on, let's start, start praying for yourself. I'll pray as well. Lord, Holy Spirit, I pray that You would come into our lives again. Fill us, Holy Spirit. Correct our thinking. Reveal to us our idols, those strongholds, the things that are holding us back, that we are being captive within. Lord, that we can start seeing them demolished in the Name of Jesus. All those things that we believe about ourselves, that we believe about You and this world, Father, that have got us bound up. Father, we're praying that they'd be penetrated this morning. 
Holy Spirit, that You'd be revealing Your truth, Your goodness, Your, your Word. Lord, that it would wash through us and start cracking and breaking down all this dirt and removing it from our lives, that we would walk in freedom, that we would be a people of victory, experiencing victory, not dreaming about it one day, that we would walk in the finished work of Jesus Christ that we walk in. Lord, that this battle is real for each one of us. Lord, but we hold on to the fact that You have overcome the enemy. You have overcome it, Lord, and so we are not going to submit to the work that You've already paid for. We're not paying a second time for the thing that You've paid for again. Lord, help us live in this freedom. Jesus, we need You. Holy Spirit, we need You again. Fill us, Lord. Now in this moment of worship, maybe you've never asked God to come into your life before. You've never started that relationship with Jesus. You've heard about Him, but you don't know Him personally. You'd say, look, I might be a Christian, I might not. This morning is the time. I, I believe for some people in this room to say, you know what? I'm not fit, sitting on the fence anymore. God, come into my life. Lord, I wanna know You and what You've got in store for me. Maybe it's experiencing freedom in this area, being free from the other things you brought into your life or brought this morning with You. Come on, God wants you to leave in victory, leave in freedom, leave a brand new creation a son and a daughter of His. And so if that's you, this morning you say, God, I want to know You personally, to have that relationship, not just know about You, but to have this relationship with You. If that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand in the air just between you and God? Now I'm gonna see it. I wanna pray for you in a moment. Awesome. Just as that outward sign of the inward decision saying, God, I want to know You. I'm not settling anymore. Fantastic, thank you. Anyone else this morning? Ah, oh, great. That's awesome. Church, would you pray with me for these people? I'm just going to show you an example of a prayer as well. You can pray along with me now or later. In, or just in your own words is fine. Because that heart that God's looking for and that confession that we're making together. But church, if you're a believer, would you pray for these people as well with me? Father, I thank You that You've revealed Yourself to Your kids this morning. Jesus, I thank You that You came and died on that cross and overcame death sin in the grave, that we could be victorious. Lord, it's not in our righteousness, it's not in our actions that makes us good and clean. Lord, it was all done by You, Jesus, on that cross. Lord, we could have never bridged this gap. Lord, we could have never experienced freedom on ourselves. We could have never had a hope for eternity with You until You entered the scene, Jesus. So we thank You. Lord, this morning we give our lives to You again. Lord, we wanna follow You. Lord, come into our life and lead us once more that we would experience freedom, that we'd find our purpose in You. Lord, that we can live and make a difference in this world. I thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message Podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.